Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Simply Amazing. Tim Ryder from the Apple. Guys, we are uh, we're getting close. You're listening to this on Monday. So we are, uh, again, just a mere, mere hours from uh, from opening day. Uh, lots of exciting stuff. We have a very special guest returning to the show. Our buddy, Meek Phil. What's happening, man? Thanks so much for coming back. Doing great. Getting ready for the season start on Thursday. Uh, enjoyed Steve Cohen dropping a little uh, dinner tips right before we started recording. So that's interesting. <laughs> it is. It, Uncle Stevie, always looking out, man. Like, you know, I don't know if he knew we were recording at five o'clock on Sunday, but uh, man, he, he sure knows when to uh, when to drop him. He's got timing. But yeah, um, Stevie had the ravioli. Lindor had the uh, had the chicken parm, as, as any New Yorker would. And um, it looks like wheels are turning, man. This is exciting. Yeah. Although I'd, I'd hate to be the uh, restaurant that Steve said that uh, the ravioli wasn't very good. The sauce was <laughs> eh. That's got to be like a bad uh, thing as an owner thinking like, oh, shit, like this billionaire doesn't like our food now. How do you mess up ravioli? I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe, you know, there's so many different variations, but boy, just ravioli, bro. We <laughs> got that in a pouch. Oh, no, I hope that Steve told him that's much better restaurants in New York. So that's all that matters. <laughs> oh, I think Francisco is going to take him out next time. Yep. <laughs> Bring Stevie home all, all, uh, all, uh, all partied out. They can have a pizza together, real New York pizza. <laughs> right? Lindor's made it known. He's, uh, he's a big fan of pizza. So we got to assume this gets done, right? We wouldn't have gone public if this wasn't like, uh, I guess, in the works. I'd be very shocked if this isn't done by opening day. This could be done when the episode drops. I, I said it on a previous podcast, but yeah, it, it could be done when this, when this episode drops. It should happen. And there's all the momentum leading up to it just said it's, it will happen. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think Steve Cohen would do us like that. Let's at least give it to like tomorrow afternoon. This will be out in the morning. But yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah I mean, it, you know, it, it, again, it's been such a public thing that he doesn't want to go into the regular season. Um you know, now it's it's almost like I don't want to say theatrics, but, you know, it, it's it's the build up. And, and uh, yeah, I, I don't think you could come out and say say what they said on Sunday without um mm-hmm. without getting the job done now, like moving on. I mean, you know, on the field, no, no question. Um, he's been you know, you've seen the leadership in, in this spring. Um of course, he's been playing just outstanding. He's making, you know, plays in the field that Ray Ordonez was making. Uh, he, he's hitting like, I guess, coming in today, he was hitting 388 this spring. So, you know, just just on a tear. Um, yeah, have like a, I didn't even want to peg. Like, do you give him the 10 years, 32, 320 million or whatever? I could care absolutely less how much money he's <laughs> making. I just want to see him on the team for the next decade plus. Oh, like, exactly, right? It's just amazing seeing a Mets shortstop being able to field a ground ball from like the outfield grass and being able to throw on a dime to first base. Like, dude, he, we haven't seen this in forever. He had to be six feet to the left of, well, I guess you know, to our left of of, of second base, looking down on the field, and he, he ran all the way over. You know, another ten feet past the bag, just you know, just unbelievable stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember that was like one of the things that uh, they first thought MLB Tonight talked about when they first got him. Like Tom Verducci, like brought up his stats. Like Lindor plays like one of the deepest shortstops, like out of anybody compared to Ahmed Rosario, who couldn't get the balls that Lindor would usually get to. 
Yeah. And, you know, they had to work on on Rosario's first step. And, you know, they kind of had to, like, polish him into a first-class fielder, which, you know, he probably arguably never got there. But he's still young enough. Hopefully he does well in Cleveland. But, um, yeah, just, yeah, you know, exactly. You, you just back the, you back the truck up for him. Give him whatever it takes. And, uh, you know, you make him a part of the roster moving forward. And, um, you know, you hope you catch it lightning in a bottle and you've got a superstar in his prime. Uh, you don't got to worry know. about shortstop for uh, what, like five, six years, maybe down the road. We don't know how long I'll stay at shortstop, but it should be like for a good duration of whatever contract he gets. Oh, with the, you know, uh, the type of player he is, uh, you know, that's not the type of like breakdown type player. It's not, you know, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to, you know, pin the tail on Giancarlo Stanton, but he's not that type of player where it's like, Oh, you know, a pull here or a tweak there. No, he looks like he's yeah. like a well-oiled machine and, and yeah, just like goes you, out there and does his job. Yeah. Like you knock on wood, like the guys played like 150 plus games at the past, like how so many years, like he's been like durable, I should say. Right. I don't want to, maybe we, I think we, to this not point jinx. he's been durable. I'm not trying to jinx it to this point. He's been durable. <laughs> both of us. I think both of us are getting ahead of ourselves, yeah. but yeah, no, it seems like a safe bet. And, um, you know, the, the market's going to dictate what he's worth. And yeah, that, that, that 30 million or 32 million mark, that seems just about right for, for a guy like him. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, the next item on the docket would of course be Michael Conforto. And, you know, I, I guess he, He's also made it clear he doesn't really want to let these things go into the regular season, um, you know, focus and, and all that good stuff. But it's it, it feels like a totally different scenario for, for Conforto. Yeah. Um, you have Scott Boris as his agent. Uh, you know, he's really peaking right now, um, coming off of a, a huge but short 2020. Um, you know, he can increase his market value considerably this mm-hmm. season. Do you ultimately feel that, this is going to get done or this is just going to have to um, have to kind of be backburnered. This might end up going to the off season, like him hitting free agency. I do. He doesn't have a hard April 1st deadline. I don't think like, I do think like Boris will probably negotiate that up to like, say like what April 8th, maybe ish. Mm-hmm. And if it's not done at that point, then it's pretty likely like he'll just head, end up hitting the market. And which isn't necessarily a bad thing because if Steve Cohen has his big pockets as we think he does, like he should be able to match whatever offer he ends up getting. And we don't know how much, how, what the market will dictate for him. Like Boris usually gets his guys paid, but Conforto's an interesting case. Like, do we know if he's worth 200 million? Like it's up for debate. Well, all right. So I got a couple of stats in front of me. So since 2019 and I could go back to 2018, but, um, he did come back a little early from that shoulder surgery. He hit a home run opening day 2019, which was uh, 2018, which is very cool to see. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it took him a little while to kind of find his rhythm. The concussion, I believe he crashed into, oh, geez, who the hell was that? But he crashed into someone, you know, just kind of ups and downs. But since the beginning of 19, um, 5.7 F4, which is 29th in the league, uh, actually tied with Jeff McNeil, who's, you know, I guess percentage or just, you know, fraction ahead, um, ahead of McNeil. But, uh, yeah, 134 weighted runs created is 20th, 376 on base is 20th. Uh, he's a top 30 outfielder in, in defensive, defensive run saved and ultimate zone rating. I mean, you know, I, I'd like to say I think the Mets pull it off and, and, and get it done before he hits free agency, but – um, of course, you know, you have to imagine Boris isn't going to like it, but I think, you know, 
of course, this is just me speculating, but it really feels like Conforto wants to be here. Of course, the Mets want him here, yeah. but if he makes it to free agency, um, is this? Are you going all out and, and kind of just squashing all bidders to bring a Michael Conforto back into the fold? I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but you know you want to try to avoid that at the whole, mm-hmm. the whole you know bidding you know, or pissing war, whatever you want to call yeah. it. But um, you know. It's 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 such treacherous territory with uh with Boris at the helm. Yeah, exactly. Like the Boris being his agent makes it difficult because you figure free agency is more likely because he generally doesn't do extensions. Like even what he did with Strasburg, like Strasburg had the opt out in his deal where he ended up getting more money. There wasn't like a straight extension there. Like I I do think that they would match any offer Conforto gets on the open market. I, I don't want to see him get there, but I do think he does. Uh, it's also like, how would they replace him if he's, if he's gone? Like, I don't know like what the right. alternative would be. That, like, that's my, that's my big holdup is how are you going to yeah. replace a guy like that? Like, if you want to tell me like, okay, like we're just going to like move money to like signs, like bolts into guards to Roman, maybe like another pitcher. Like I can maybe understand that, but it's like, what Conforto brings, like not only like what is like, what he brings on the field, it's just like he's like one of the leaders, like on the team too. It's it's I, if he if they give him two hundred million, I don't care. It's not my money again, but it's a decision that the people whose money they have to make that. You know, if he's going to get five years, one hundred and twenty-five million, um, or whatever, you know, I, I think that's I think that's doable. I don't know if that's going to kind of fall into what the player and the uh, ultimate. It doesn't matter what the agent wants. It's matter what the what the player wants. Yeah, you know, if you can lock up, even if you have to give him twenty seven or twenty eight million a year, you know, if the Mets projections for his, I guess him continuing into his prime, kind of fit that that criteria. Shit, mm-hmm. you know, it's easy to say when it's not your money, but. Um, yeah, he, he's you know he is a team leader. He's um he's grown into that role. He's grown into you know his role as a as a as a player. Um, it, it, you know he he has a chance to be an elite outfielder, and uh, you know it's a guy you, you kind of want as a, a a foundational guy in your on your on your team. But you know, like you said, it they still have Syndergaard to worry about. And John Heyman noted this week that the Mets and Syndergaard have kind of started that conversation, but. Um, it looks like things aren't really moving and that's understandable. He's kind of has to set his market value as well. Yeah. And Syndergaard, he's not coming back to like June, July. So I don't think he, he himself has any like hard April 1st or April deadline. No. Just that's just me speculating just compared to like when he's coming back. I don't know. Oh, like anything course. involved with that. Oh, and <laughs> I think first... he's leaving. Oh, sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say for Syndergaard, he has more, they have more time to wait with him. He's like priority three. Yeah. And, you know, he, I think he'd be leaving uh, and same thing with Conforto in a regard. I think he'd be leaving a lot on the table as far as value wise, um, you know, re up and now. And again, mm-hmm. I think that's also a, a sign of good faith um, on both sides. You know, the Mets are going to give him fair value and he wants to, you know, if Syndergaard were to sign now or if Conforto were to sign now before, let's say their value did possibly increase. I think that's a that's a very cool little wrinkle to a deal that shows that everybody kind of is happy to be where they are, but mm-hmm. you know, they have to worry about Stroman. They got to down the line, you know, you have McNeil and Nimmo who are going to be hitting this point soon. Um, you know, there's going to be, uh, you know, I guess decisions to make. And, and this is, it, it's the first of many. 
Yeah, and the other the impending possibility of uh, a lockout or the CBA expiring next year, <laughs> they may want to like lock into a deal like before that happens. So right. that, that that's also the other possibility. Oh, I mean that's a from how the last year has went as far as negotiation just to get games played. Um, mm. Yeah, that, that's looking like a dark cloud on the horizon, but we shall see. Mm-hmm. They they also really can't afford to. I, I don't want to get too far off. Off. I, what am I talking about? I always get off of uh, get off topic. <laughs> but um, you know, you'd hate the game. Uh, you know, there's so much um, anim- not animosity, but you know, there's there's bickering back and forth between the union and the league and the fans take pick sides, and you know, you don't want that. Um, you don't want that stain to. You know, 94 was bad. If Ripken didn't break Gehrig's thing, if the home run chase didn't happen, if the Yankees don't win all those World Series in New Mm -hmm. York and kind of bring back the game there, like that could have been detrimental to a a huge I just want to cut you off real quick. You're talking about 94 and like the early like 2000s. It's like I was born 97. I don't remember any of that stuff. Oh, I know. No, I'm just trying to. Yeah, it's like that's that's you like trying to tell me how the game was revived. (laughs) No, and it it, it it was like I know I was twelve, but I was like a fucking crazy sports kid. Like yeah, exactly. Um, you know, but you know it was huge, and and you know the the sentiment, the general fan sentiment was all these you know this greedy greedy players, this greedy yeah. game, and you know that's um it wasn't the truth then, and it's not the truth now. It, it's just everybody wants their fair piece of the pie, and there's always room in the middle to compromise. But um, the setback that that could be if this turns into something real bad, it's just you know it, it could be really really bad for the game. It, and but you know that's that's neither here nor there. We go off on tangents on this show, and that's fun. Yep. But like we said, there's a lot of kind of like foundational talent and, and depth too on this team. But you know between. Lindor and Conforto and Pete Alonso or Brandon Nimmo or like Dom or JD. Like you, you just have all these different tools and all these kind of specialized, but also versatile tools. Do you have like a, I guess like a wild card in mind, like someone who could kind of um, put the team on its back, kind of be like that, like X factor this year. Um, I mean, it's not really an X factor. It's, it's like how it's hard for me to explain. Is Dom Smith, like, good enough to play, like, left field every day, which I think he is? I don't know if you want to call him an X-Factor after, like, what he did last year. Um, if you want to talk, actually talk about, like, a bench piece, it's, like, I'm interested to see, like, what someone like Albert Almora does because I don't know, like, what his signing meant after they signed Kevin Pillard. I mean, like, a fifth outfielder, and they were very thin there to start, like, the offseason. And, like, let's say, like, two or, two or three guys go down. It's like, yeah, he's just starting right away. Yeah, I, you know, I think it's a, um, it's never a bad move to have too many capable guys yeah. on the on the roster, even you know tucked away in AAA. I don't think that'll be the case for Almora, but yeah, like him and Pilar's having a huge spring. But um, yeah. Almora's shown some pop. He's shown a couple of good defensive plays. But like, I guess I'm thinking like more along the lines of who can. Mm, I don't think there's really a guy that can, like, carry the team throughout the whole – I think they're all, like, good players. I don't think there's ever going to be a stretch where, like, one guy's carrying a team for, like, a whole week. See, I, but, like, I, my my instincts want to tell me that Pete Alonso can can be the guy who's going to hit 10 home runs in a month like he did in September last yeah. year. And, and you know, or Jeff McNeil hits, like, you know, 420 for the month or some, something crazy like that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's – um, 
it, there's just so many guys who could be leaned upon. You don't really, I guess it was a backloaded question or a loaded question because you don't really need an X factor. I talked about it a little bit last week on the show. I was doing my solo shows. I'm actually kind of really enjoying that. But, um, you know, the, the whole aspect of kind of everyone being able to count on each other. That's kind of like the, this team is the epitome of that idea. And it's, it's really fun to see. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I think another like uh, big thing is if James McCann ever like hits like a DL stint, um, Tomas Nito has to play like a bigger role, and we don't know how he's going to be coming off of his COVID last year, and that's that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> You know, with the depth of the roster, I, I, you know, you, you never want to see anybody go down. But um, I think I'd be OK with Nito kind of coming in because, well, one, he's very familiar with his pitching staff. Um, you know, Stroman uh, was thrown to him. I want to say his last start. And and they were, you know, he Stroman's always mixing it up. But he was hitting both sides of the plate with that with that split change. Um you know, you could just tell, you could almost see the comfort level thrown in Nito. It was, it was cool to see. And, you know, the offense, I guess this roster, this lineup at least, can kind of, they can afford to have a catcher hit 230 or whatever. But we've seen Nito hit in the past and 18 short spurts. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you have it's, to assume with more experience that'll work. It's tough because you say, like, oh, we can afford him a catcher like 230. And I think it's like, well, if our catcher's hitting eighth and he's batting like 230, then we have our pitcher batting ninth. He's batting like under 100. And I'm like, oh, that's just two holes in the lineup right there. Yeah. No, it's not ideal. Uh, I'll, I'll give you that. And, and that, like, if that were the case, like, if I didn't have, let's just say we have that they have McCann in the eight hole. You know, if it was, if it was up to me, if McCann's not in there and Nito's in there, I'm putting a, um, I might even put a McNeil in the seven spot and, mm-hmm. and just, just to kind of keep that train moving. Um, JD Davis down there on the days that he's in there. Cause mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's on base just to have him on there. And again, you hate to waste two outs in, in front of him. If, but uh, if Nito can hit, that's um, you know, it's certainly a plus it's uh, but on the defensive side, I think that makes it a net, a net positive. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a loaded lineup. The only hole they really have is just a pitcher batting ninth, which is still very dumb. So, oh my God, I can't wait. I can't wait for it to be over. <laughs> they have four days. I mean, theoretically, they could imagine they toss it in now and just be like, oh yeah, fuck you. You built your rosters for this. Ha, got you now. Uh, I wouldn't put it past them, but I'm not getting my hopes up. <laughs> no, 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 you can't. But I would certainly get a little giggle out of that. Um, we saw on Saturday the Mets used to opener and it worked really, really well. Uh, Jacob Barnes, who's looked really efficient, um, took it for one, passed it over to Joey Lucchese, who's been terrific. And, and mm-hmm. you have to um, you have to wonder if this is kind of going to take hold. And, and Roja said it after the game um, on Saturday, you know, you can kind of plug guys into these spots, um, uh, different guys. You know, they have a number mm-hmm. of different options who could do this. 
what were your uh, initial takeaways? Do you, do you like the opener? Is this, you know, I know some people don't. <laughs> some people don't because it's different. Uh, I mean, I, I like it if if it's used properly. Like, look, if Barnes does his job, like if it, if it works out, like when Barnes does his job the first inning, maybe pitches a second, then Lucchese comes in, throws five, then you got May and Diaz out there to close it out. Fine, it works like that. It's when it doesn't work, it gets ugly. And look, the op- whatever they do with the opener, it can't be worse than last year when they were starting guys like Robert Gazelman who were giving up like three or four runs and like not even two innings, which is basically like <laughs> what an opener is. Yeah. So I, I got we got to see it work out before I, I make any judgment on it. Yeah. No, and 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 I think the um, it gives the. I guess the pitching staff, a little bit of versatility. It gives everyone a little breathing room. Um, I can't think it creates roles. And, and mm-hmm. you know, and I guess Rojas said yesterday that, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Barnes was able to keep his pitch count low enough in the first that, you know, realistically he could have gone too, which, was, mm-hmm. you know, like you were just saying, that would have been um, a plus. You get Lucchese to take you into the, uh, into the eighth or into the through the seventh and boom, you know, you're, you're, you're mm-hmm. pretty much home. Um, but yeah, I mean, even if you let him go one, Barnes can go the next day. Still, it's uh, options. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm a bet. Uh, I was gonna say it also helps break up because they're likely gonna be starting both Peterson and Lucchese back to back. It also breaks up because the other team has a side. It's like, okay, we're gonna start up, stack our lineups with righties because a lefty's coming in the third, second inning. Like it, it adds that that kind of strategy to it, I guess. Oh, for sure. And Peterson, <laughs> I've been so impressed by it. I was just saying it a couple of weeks ago. I did not think he was going to make the rotation. I thought he could use some more seasoning. And that, that's not to, you know, that's not to discredit what he's done because what he came in and did last year was outstanding. But I, I, I just, I didn't want to see his vulnerabilities get exposed. And uh, boy, he, he made me look like a fucking jerk. <laughs> he, uh, he's, yeah. he's been terrific. Yeah, he's a former top uh, former first round pick and I mean those guys usually have high ceilings yeah you know I, I just and and that that it wasn't to argue that he had I, I wasn't trying to say his ceiling's not high and because and, his stuff's terrific I mean his mm-hmm. breaking stuff is just outstanding um, but yeah I just I didn't want to see I guess we've seen young pitchers come in come up maybe I don't want to say too fast but you know they get exposed and it you know we've seen it kind of mess with their confidence mess with their psyches um it sets back their development and mm-hmm. and for a guy like peterson which with with you know nice solid pedigree um you know you'd hate to see him be set back by something like that but boy he's got he, he really looks like he has the right mindset for this yeah and look if he pitches well into like june july they're gonna have to make a tough decision like if to keep him in, in the rotation if uh carrasco and cinder are ready by then yeah. God, no, God mean, willing, it, nobody else gets injured at that point, but you get my idea. <laughs> oh, no, for sure. I mean, yeah, in a perfect world, um, Carrasco, Syndergaard, and, you know, and, I mean, even at that point, if if the opener's working well um, and you even want to piggyback, you know, give him four innings apiece, do it a Lucchese-Peterson day or, mm-hmm. or whatever. I mean, you can – they have so many options. Honestly, I thought that they were going to do Lucchese going through the order twice – and then passing it off to a long man. That's what I thought the opener was going to entail. They went a completely different direction with it. And, you know, this this works too. It, it all works. And I, I just, you know, big fan of the versatility. It's better to have options than just starring like a, a Walker Lockett or an Ariel Girado on like <laughs> whatever rest they had. Like I'd rather this than the previous options. 
Oh, for sure. Oh, it's just, it's, it's a luxury. And I think that, you know, we're, we've only been imagining it or thinking about it all off season. I think seeing it like at work without like the, the spring training regimen kind of coming into play where you got to get everybody their work. Um, yeah. You're, I think we're going to see guys really take off. Like Castro's had a terrific spring. Um, familiar this is gonna i i don't want to say make or break he got paid and you know he really hasn't been the same player but uh his stuff is still there just it he's got to command it (laughs) um and if familiar is like their fifth or sixth best reliever it's there they'll be fine if that's the case yeah yeah oh i agree you can't you you can't put him in high leverage spots like batances um I said it really briefly last on the last show. He got through like the meat of the Cardinals order. I want to say last weekend, and he did it with like a ninety-one mile an hour fastball. But he was kind of dropping that knuckle curve in, and it was um, it was effective. And and I guess at that point, or at this point in his career, I guess that's all you can really hope for. But um, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna need guys to step up and take high leverage spots. Uh, I like what May's done. He's looked really good. Uh, and, and plus, his social media presence is outstanding. Dude's hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> Do you watch him on stream or on on Twitch? I I've tuned into his streams before. I've watched YouTube videos like on his channel and him like playing with the other guys that I, I watch. So, hey, now he's a great personality. I'm happy we have him. <laughs> yeah, uh, you you're a big gamer, right? Yeah, he's he plays. I don't even know he still plays Among Us, but I actually haven't watched him in like a week, so I can't really tell you what he does now. <laughs> No, no, I was talking about you. You're a gamer. Yeah, right? yeah, I'm a gamer. That's nice. Yeah, I, dude, I wish I can get it. I just can't get into him. I did when I was a kid, but like, again, when I was a kid, it was like Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, it's like completely different world for you now. Oh, wild. Like, I got my, 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 my youngest daughter's 10, and we have an Xbox, and, you know, she plays like racing games, and she just likes to kind of mess with people while they're doing their uh, their time trials. So just drive into the road. I'm like, yeah, that's oh, awesome. She, I'm doing. Oh, she's one of those that drives backwards during a race to mess other people up. Yeah, and she gets, you know, just the biggest kick out of it. She cracks herself up. But I'm like, hon, this is live. Are you really going to piss these people off? <laughs> Let me turn comments off. Hold on. <laughs> you know, we, we have a good sense of humor here. Yep. Excuse me. Let's take a sip of water. But, um. You know, we've talked a lot about the the stacked roster. Um, if you had to make some picks for for All Stars come July, uh, you know, do you have any shoe ins? Do you have any surprises? I feel like the obvious ones are Lindor and Degrom. They're Lindor will probably have to compete with um, Tatis probably for that spot. I don't think he'll get voted in. He'll probably end up making it as a, a bench or whatever. Degrom should get in. Yeah. Um, if you guys made to pick like another guy, maybe. I think they'll have at least one outfielder in the all-star game. I don't think Pete makes it because first base is a loaded position and Pete probably has to have like, he has probably has to outperform guys like Freeman, um, Freeman, Bellinger. If he's on the ballot as a first baseman, Rizzo, like there's just too many guys ever beat out for him for me to say he he'll definitely be an all-star. Maybe yeah. McNeil. And that, that's really and so to cap it off, I think it's DeGrom, Lindor, definitely, and probably at least one of their outfielders and McNeil. Yeah. And and I'm going to kind of take your outfielder call and I'm going to just go an absolute long shot. Um, Mr. Fourth outfielder himself. I think Brandon Nimmo is going to have a huge, huge season. I think he's going to surprise mm-hmm. a lot of people um, with 
you know, he's not going to be a gold clover in center field, but I think he's going to be an above average center fielder. He made a nice play over the weekend. He's looked comfortable out there this spring. And, uh, you know, his offense is, you know, it's so consistent. I don't care if he hits 280 because his his on base percentage is 390. So, you know, that's going to work. Yeah, but that's the thing with the outfield. It's like you look at all these guys. Like these guys, like can they field? Maybe Dom and Nemo have question marks there, but like they could all mash the hell out the ball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and even Dom, I mean, you know, it's it's a bit of an adventure out there. We saw him chase a couple of balls down this weekend that he made the plays. But, um, yeah, you know, it's – you can tell that he's a, a newer left fielder, but everyone seems real confident in what he's done so far. He seems incredibly confident in, in his skills out there. You know, he's, he's trying to make plays that, you know, um, a, a, a player who wasn't confident in his skills probably wouldn't mm-hmm. even try to make. So, you know, that, I think that kind of plays into it. And like you said, I, you know, the offense makes it a, a, a net positive. Yeah. And it all comes with Dom's defense. It all comes with reps. And I, I'm happy to see him at least playing left field in spring now, as opposed to 2019, where they didn't even bother doing that. Yeah. So we're already like miles ahead there. Oh yeah, like oh, we're on a nine-game West Coast trip, Dom. Get out in left field in San Francisco. Let's give it a shot. Yeah, that's I that's the other thing. You think about 2018, 2019? He both had he him and Ahmed both dropped a pop up versus the Giants. Yeah. I'm gonna have to hold my breath for that series, whenever that is. I have to look on the calendar <laughs> later. That was a tough, oh man, because I, you know, I was waking up early for work and stuff and I stayed up late for that one and, oh, that was a killer. I, I don't want to ruin the vibes because the 2019, <laughs> the, the 2019 uh, road trips had plenty of extra inning losses that didn't make sense. So I wanna, <sighs> don't want to dive too much into that. Oh, it's okay, man. We, we, we embrace <laughs> the pain here. We really do. Um, yeah, I, you know, everyone's got this team pegged for – you know, 90-something wins. Um, I want to say, uh, oh, our buddy Ariel Cohen over at ATC at Fangrass. He has the Mets win in the East at 93 wins. Do the, um, do the expectations worry you as a, as a well-versed Mets fan? Uh, they don't worry me now. You can maybe ask me in a week if they worry me. <laughs> but uh, as of right now, I'm ready for the season to start. And I do think 93, 95 is a good range from the day. Because with all they with all they did add, like it makes sense that they they are predicted that much. And isn't like a scenario where it's like, oh, like if they lose one guy here or one guy here, they're absolutely screwed. Like they have pieces to be able to keep afloat. Like they could have they could afford like a stretch where they're like five hundred for like a month. Yeah. No. And, and you know, there's going to be moments that they're going to have to kind of tread water. It's a 162 game season. It's just bound to happen. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, when you got a, a a player like like Yamamoto who, who you know, looked really, really good this spring. Um, you know, when that's your minor league depth uh, or like whatever, your top option coming coming down from Syracuse, that's a um, <laughs> that's a, just a, a, a really, really that's it's a flex. It, it, it's a mm-hmm. it's a flex of sorts to say, hey, yeah, go. You know, we're prepared if something bad happens and trust us because we've seen everything bad happen. Uh, everything you could possibly imagine that could happen to a team, you know, let's say over the last 10 years, we've kind of seen it happen. You know, Cespedes gets attacked by a fucking boar. Like, you know, go ahead. You could just pull a a random scenario out of your head. And I bet you something along those lines happened. But even like last year, we went to last year thinking, okay, our rotations go down much depth. Then after COVID and everything, season starts up. Steven Matz goes from, would he even be in a rotation to, oh, he's our number two starter. 
And fast forward to this year, our two starters, Stroman on Stroman starting the second game most likely compared to and then Steven Matz is in Toronto. <laughs> oh, and, and dealing in Toronto. He's been outstanding this spring. Good for him. I won't, I won't have any second thoughts of letting him go because he no, no he, yeah. he was a DFA can. He had one year control left, and if he didn't perform, they would have given him a short leash anyway. Yeah, no, and it's just a change of scenery was absolutely necessary. He probably could have used it a couple of years ago, but um, you know, he had a really nice second half with uh, in 2019 with uh, what the hell is his name? The Vulture. Reagan. Tip of my tongue. Bill Reagan. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, really, you know, really nice season, and it kind of all fell apart last year. You know, I don't think there was any way he could bring him back here. I think that would have been the tipping point mm-hmm. for him. Um, yeah, to see him go somewhere else and kind of take what he's learned and, and, and keep moving forward. I love it, man. So cool. I, I'm wishing him the best, but I really just don't like him in that division. So I oh, don't be be for him. Oh, my goodness. Tampa Bay is such a deep team. He has to go to Yankee Stadium. We'll have like fucking nine right-handed hitters just ready to bop off him and – <laughs> right. If he if he misses a little bit too far on the inside of the plate to a lefty, oh my goodness. Like I, I hope he does great there. He revises his career, but man, I just don't see it happening. No, oh, I'm rooting for it. I think he's got the stuff to do it. We've seen it work, but the consistency's never been there. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> I've left I've left you speechless. You just yeah. leave it out. we'll hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. Um Dude, I, I really, I think I've hit all my, uh, I've hit all my, my topics here. Um, what do you got cooking on your end, man? You just kind of kicking it on Twitter. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, I, I, you know, uh, this is, uh, this has been fun. I hope we can get you back there in the season. Yeah, anytime, man. Love it here. Awesome. Where can everybody find you on uh, social media? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at meekphil underscore. It's the only social media I really use. So uh, that's where I am. Nice, awesome. You gonna do Instagram? I just I just tried starting it up myself, and it's just a different world. I have to get used I, to it. I have an Instagram, but I don't really use it too much. I'm probably never gonna post anything on it, so I don't want to like drop it. <laughs> I have two pictures of baseball cards. That's my Instagram. <laughs> All right, man. Well, everybody, you know where to find Phil. Um, we're gonna be back on Thursday morning with the opening day. It's something like an extravaganza. We got like four guests lined up. So it's going to be like rapid fire stuff. It's going to be fun. You guys are going to enjoy it. Uh, Again, big thanks to Phil for coming by. We are going to uh, definitely be back soon with some, uh, some more content and uh, you know where to find us, man. Check us out at the Apple iTunes, Spotify, wherever you catch your podcasts, Uh, subscribe, rate and review, and we'll see you next time. Peace.